You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, boys and girls, to episode 188 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're a little late on this one. And don't worry about it. It's fine. It's not like you missed us that much. Um. I didn't get any mean tweets or anything, so nobody even noticed. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> nobody loves you. Nobody cares, Sean. Um, yeah. God damn these headphones, man. God damn. God damn it all to hell. <sighs> anyway. Um. Yeah, why did we, we oh, because you thought you might have, well, you didn't think you had COVID, you just had an exposure, so we, yeah. we put it on, on ice for a little bit. So um, Yeah, I got the alert on my phone that I was near someone who tested positive. You know. But that they don't give you any more information than that. I don't know where I was or how long I was next to them. Or, right. Which I'm sure is just a privacy thing. Um, but it's like, I don't I don't go out a lot. But I do go out, and on occasion, I'm around a good number of people. I've never once gotten one of those. Yeah, this was the first time I've gotten it. It's like I, without a doubt, have been in range of somebody without with COVID before. Just the the numbers alone would tell me that I have been. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just weird that. Well, yeah, if they don't report it on the app, then. Right, and yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if it's just like people resistant to that or just don't think of it or what but, could be both yeah <clears throat> but anyway uh yeah but i was negative that's good um yeah i just got my booster and i got it on friday and this is, we're, this is sunday now and like i feel like i'm still feeling the effects of it like when i got my Second dose, and you know, that's the one that really just lays people out. And I think I was fine for most of like the 24 hours afterwards, but then it was like almost like 24 hours, like on the dot, just laid me on my ass for probably a good 12 hours or so. Wow, this one, you know, I got it on Friday, and I was telling you, like, like about three hours after I got it, that um, I was starting to feel like sluggish. And just run down, um, and that lasted pretty much all all the way through Friday night and into uh, Saturday morning, and then throughout the course of Saturday, I just started feeling more and more exhausted. Um, you know, headache came on, uh, and yeah, like a lot of the same symptoms that I had for my second dose, but uh, not as severe. But here we are, like. It, you know, a full two days after I got my 
booster, I'm st- I feel like I'm still feeling the effects. Uh, just still really exhausted, which would probably do in part to me sleeping like shit last night. I'm um, getting like hot flashes and um, yeah, just kind of overall just feeling gross. Maybe you're going through the change. I could be going through the change. I, c- I could be having menopause right now. Menopause. Menopause. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm all taken care of. Uh, you know, right now in Washington, only a, like it's high risk people and essential workers are qualified to get it. And like the last round, I, I was qualified as an essential worker. So I assume that still applies. But it's like I was telling you, it's like, you know, I have my son to worry about now. And it's like, so it's essential that or it, I said, because I have to start going back in the office at least one day a week now. And so it's like, if it's essential that I go into the office once a week, then it's essential that I'm vaccinated. <laughs> because it's essential that I don't get my son sick. Yeah. Um, but. Yep. He's got a lot of hair. He's he's gotten a good deal here, yeah. Um, it's like we still can't figure out what color it is. Yeah, it's kind of strawberry blondish in the in the photos. Yeah, I think that's the most consistent thing is like a strawberry blonde. Um, you know, my wife is was was a, was a towhead when she was younger. Um, it's kind of gotten her hair is always dyed, so it's really hard to get a good grip <laughs> grip on what her hair looks like now. But when it's kind of grown out you can see it's kind of like a dirty blonde now um but you know i i was, was a redhead when i was a kid um and it kind of got darker as i got older um but she's also got redheads on her side so it's kind of a mix of both i guess yeah uh, he's got her big chubby cheeks and <laughs> and her blue eyes so he's a cute kid yeah He's all right. I don't know where he got it from, but <laughs> no, it's like you know, everybody says, "Oh, you know, when 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 it's your kid, you just think the world of him or of the, of them." It's like you think it's the best kid ever. You know, he's the best at everything. He's the best looking kid. Well, and you're like, "Nah, fuck that kid." No, well, no, it's <laughs> like you know, I didn't, I haven't spent a lot of time around babies in my life, so it's like I feel like I have a very objective opinion of most babies, and it's like I. I'm fully aware that you know when, it, when it's your child, you have a different opinion. But it's like, you know what? I think I definitely have one of the cutest babies <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but he's, he's all smiles, and, and like I said, those big chubby cheeks really help. Yeah, and his his eyes are so blue, like his mom's, so they kind of sparkle. You know, um, so does he like his Benny? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he really likes it, but it. It was wasn't cheap, so it's like, I don't I don't want to just have him sit there <laughs> and play with it, drool all over it. And- yeah, because he, he he's at that age where he puts everything in his mouth. He wants to like pull on everything, um, and uh, it's like yeah, this is like an almost forty dollars stuffed animal. So it's like yeah, maybe when you're older you can play with him. Yeah, but I'll like yeah, so let him sit with it, and I'll you know, press a button so Benny talks. Benny loves you. Um, but ta-da. <laughs> There's this one, one uh, where he just makes like this all of this ridiculous noise. It's like <laughs> that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, it sounds like Benny. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, yeah, you uh, well, not just, but you you had a, a little trip to uh, to L.A. Oh, L.A. Yeah, I uh, went and did the uh, Disneyland Halloween whatnots and nice, nice. Yeah, very jealous. It was fun. Yeah, how was Disneyland in the COVID age? Um, not much different. I really? mean, it wasn't super busy. I don't know if they're still uh, still like restricting attendance or not. But it was also raining the day we went to Disneyland. Oh, really? So yeah, <laughs> pick um, the one day it rains in LA. Yep. So I don't know how much that was holding back people, but it was, I mean, it was still plenty busy. Yeah. But I don't think we waited in line longer than 45 minutes for anything. Nice. That's always a plus. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of a toss up. It's like, do you want to go when the weather's shitty? Or do you want to go when there's a million people? Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that like when Disneyland first, I don't know if I think they first opened up without maybe it was without attendance restrictions or something i don't know there's this big thing where they reopened of one sort or another and like i was seeing these videos of these people like wrap lines wrapped around the corner um and like i don't know if that was accurate it may have been made up or may have been a different day or something just something sensationalized on the internet but i don't know the line looked crazy and this was a couple months ago at this point, but well, yeah, it wasn't bad when we went. We did California Adventure the first night. That was where the Halloween party was, and that was we had really nice weather that night. So we were kept holding out hope that the next day would be okay. And then, sure enough, woke up and it was pouring down rain. That'll I guess happen. it never really poured, but it, it rained pretty much all day. How's that traffic from from Kevin's place to Anaheim? It wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The four hundred five getting through that area is. Just nightmare yeah <clears throat> cool and uh sorry you went to uh mystic museum that's, mm-hmm. it's all the the evil dead oh and that's not evil dead it's um camp horror or something D- yeah well there's Summer camp ca- thing. there's camp horror is like a, it's separate but equal like i don't know it's this little like separate store area but then, then yeah they have the, the evil dead museum which is expanded now has it yeah it covers uh all the movies now Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, when we went there, it seemed like it had mostly Evil Dead and Evil Dead. Well, mostly Evil Dead, the original Evil yeah. Dead. Yeah. And they had they had things from Evil Dead to an Army of Darkness, but it seemed like it was um, very limited to the, just like that one little sh- um, kind of uh, installation area that they have. Yeah, now they have it like split into three parts. So it's like you go, you go in and there's like the evil dead part, which is the, um, the, the cabin. And there's like, you know, the, the fruit cellar that bounces up and down. And there's like a, a big monster head coming out of the wall now. And then there's the evil dead two part, which is like inside the fruit cellar. And then there's uh like the front half of the car is there and there's a fake hand. You can pretend to ch- chainsaw off your hand. Oh, nice. Um, there's like a facade of the cabin and then there's a, v- a very small army of darkness area where there's like the shield. And uh, I think there was like the helmet or something from bad ash. And nice. then they have like a scavenger hunt too, where you like have to find numbers and then you type in numbers on the cabin and op- it opens the door and there's a hashtag that enters you into a contest. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, we went there in was October of 2019 and then I went there again in 
March of 2020, uh, and that that had all been taken down, and they replaced it with Slashback Video. Well, Slashback Video is in a different building, isn't it? Because we drove by Slashback Video, and we actually tried to go in, and it was closed. Oh, well, then they must so have either they, they, then. Yeah, they took Slashback Video out and moved it to another location, and it's just not open yet, or it was always in a different building. I don't know. Well, when I went to it, it was at the Music Museum. Oh. So, yeah, okay, yeah, they must have moved it then to a different location or something. Yeah, and I'm guessing it's it's not open yet because we tried to go in and it was all, I think it was, they had paper over the doors. Okay. But we didn't know if it was just like to make it dark or, but yeah, it was locked up. Mm. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's a cool little exhibit and it's, it's if, if they want to keep it around rather than just being like a limited time thing, that's cool because I feel like a lot of people would get a kick out of it and it's just like, you know, people like us coming from out of town that, you know, maybe my vacation doesn't coordinate when they're running this right. engagement, you know, just like, uh, at, um, uh, I like scary movies thing. Mm-hmm. Just, it just so happened that they were still open when we went down there, mm-hmm. there on vacation. Otherwise we would have missed it. So, um, cool. Yeah. We drove by Halloween town costumes and like, there was a line that like went around the corner and like back to the back of the building. Christ. So we're just like, is somebody there? Like, are they, is there like a signing or something going on? And they have they have two buildings. They have ha- Halloween Town costumes and then just Halloween Town, which is the decoration section. Mm. So we went to the decoration one. We're like, is something going on at the one down the street? And the guy's like, no, <laughs> just people buying costumes last minute. Well, and yeah, where do you get a Halloween costume? Halloween Town. Halloween Town. We're like in sunny Burbank, California. <laughs> you're like, you guys must have some damn good costumes. The guy was like, yeah. <laughs> We've been known to have some good stuff. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. It's nice to be back in Burbank. <laughs> it's great to be back in Burbank, Johnny. Cool. Um, all right. Well, glad, glad to have you back or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> How's flying? Like, I mean... Being on a, a plane. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. I had this little girl next to me on the way down there who was, uh, they were going to Disneyland and Universal and stuff. And she, she was very excited to go see the Minions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kids love their Minions. Yeah. <laughs> fun stuff. Too, <laughs> Too much, much fun. fun. All right, well, let's press on with things. Um, before we get into the show proper, we want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks help finance this silly, silly little show that we run here um, because they love us for whatever reason. Um, yeah, we don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money. Um, and uh, these people are good enough to help us out with that. Um, they are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottom of our hearts, for your continued support. It means the world to us. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive perks, including joining us live for Horror Business over on Discord. We are live streaming right now. Uh, then we have other perks for higher amounts. $5, get your name in the show, get discounts at Grave Flop merchandise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 
And Taylor's going to get a tattoo on his ass. That's true. I am. At some, some point. Some, at some point. Did you follow up with Matt at all? No, I need to text him still. <laughs> the pressure's weighing on Taylor. <laughs> he knows he has to deliver, but he doesn't want to. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Um, so, uh, before we get into horror business, we want to mention uh, the Grave Plot Film Fest. That's right. Uh, February 5th, 2022 at the Arc Lodge Cinemas in Seattle. Uh, tickets are on sale right now. They went on sale on Halloween. They are $12. Uh, yeah, we've got a whole bunch. I just actually just saw an email pop up that said we got a new submission. Uh, we're still taking submissions throughout the end of this month. And uh, we are accepting films from all over the world, 15 minutes or less. Horror. Horror exclusively. <laughs> We've already gotten... I, I've i only watched one film so far, and it wasn't horror. God damn it. <laughs> was it from, like, India? It was from India. Yeah. <laughs> Did Those, you watch that one? No, just... Oh. Like, people from India, they're always selling, sending us fucking videos that aren't horror. I'm I'm just like, you're disqualified, but I'm still taking your money. Yeah. (laughs) Mine's now. (laughs) Uh, And of course, uh, we have uh, a few sponsors uh, in place right now, but we do specifically want to mention Growlers. Yes. Of Columbia City. They are a uh, tap room slash dog daycare slash dog park. Interesting combination. All the the things. You know, if you like to drink beers and you like to play with your dog. I have eight beers. Um, and you like to play with your dog, then this is where you want to go. I mean, get this guy a fucking puppers is <laughs> multi-use at, at Growlers. Right. They should uh, invest in getting some puppers imported. They should They should get some fucking puppers. Um, and uh, yeah, fun little place for you and your, and your pup. Yeah. Check them out at GrowlersSeattle.com. That's Growlers with a Z. And Growlers members get a discount to the Grave Plot Film Fest. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah, they do. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. Well, anything else you want to chit chat about? No. Okay. Uh, then let's do some uh, horror business. Let's do, shall. All right, starting out in some uh, real-world horror. Here's an interesting little story for you. (laughs) This is a hell of a thing. This is something that exists in the world. Um, So earlier this week, officials at uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, took a photo of a very strange parasite they found in the mouth of a fish. Thing uh, very closely resembled a uh, a pill bug or a sow bug or roly poly, if you roly poly, yeah. That's what um, I always called them. But they have an actual name. What is it? It's Rolius polius, right. I believe. <laughs> um, Armadillid- Armadillidium vulgare. That's what I grew up calling them. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they found this armadillo daddy. I think is what it's <laughs> that's what it looks like. So they found this um, in the mouth of a fish. Uh, 
But, you know, they weren't looking for that. What they were looking for was the fish's tongue, which was strangely missing. And in its place, they found... The armadillo daddy. Armadillo daddy. <laughs> um, they have found that this parasite is a tongue-eating louse. That's right. They eat the tongue. They attach themselves to the fish's mouth and then replace the tongue. <laughs> Ever heard of that before? That's a new spin on zombies, I guess. Yeah, or like, um, you know, like artificial limbs or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is it? Oh, The Simpsons with uh, Jebediah Springfield in his in his metal tongue. You have a metal tongue. Pretty sure that was him. <laughs> Somebody in The Simpsons had a had a metal like a silver tongue or something like an actual silver tongue um but yeah so the parasite survives in the fish's mouth by feeding on the host animal's mucus which is the only known example of a parasite replacing an organ of its hosts i mean i should say so i feel like we'd hear about that (laughs) yeah if that was commonplace (laughs) that'd just be a thing that's in our world uh, official said in a Facebook post that the tongue-eating louse does not kill the fish. So at least there's that. But that's worse, right? <laughs> I mean, there is... There... I feel like that's worse. <laughs> well, there are things that, that exist like that in nature. That's like um, the difference between being symbiotic and parasitic. Uh, which, you know, they're calling this a parasite. But if it doesn't kill the fish then I, I think it's more of a symbiont because sim, symbiotic is like, um, like, you know that tree in my backyard, the big one? Yeah. It's got ivy running up almost its entire trunk. It feeds off the tree, but it also protects the tree because even though it's a plant, just in its hard-coded in its DNA, it knows not to be detrimental to the tree itself because that in turn would be detrimental to itself. Whereas a parasite will just feed off of something until it's dead and just move on to the next thing. Um, so, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I'm not a biologist. This is just how I understand terminology. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's a hell of a thing. Like, just imagine this in people. Yeah, just open your mouth and you got this giant fucking roly-poly in your mouth. Like, could you talk? I don't know. Because there's something there. <laughs> like, it's hard to tell if this is like a functional tongue. I mean, it has, it can't be. It can't be a functional tongue. But like, what do, what do fish even need tongues for? Just licking stuff. <laughs> Just floating around. Nim, 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 Algae. <laughs> <laughs> if you had one of these. Hey, ladies. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, there goes that puffer fish. He's such a dick. <laughs> He's always doing that tongue thing. <laughs> He's all like... Anyway, uh, man, fucking Texas, huh? 
<laughs> why, why is the weird shit always happen in Texas? Yeah, Texas is having Florida. a hell of a week. Texas is the new Florida. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but uh, hundreds of people got very seriously injured recently in Texas. Yeah. Some of them died. Yeah. It's not, not great. Not good. I don't know who Travis Scott is, but he's not having a good week right now. I know he's a rapper that designs shoes. Don't they all design shoes? I couldn't at this point? name one of his songs, but I could point out his shoes. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd never heard of him before until this thing happened. Some and something something Cactus Jack. I don't know. He calls himself Cactus Jack or something. Because I know he's got shoes that are called Cactus Jacks. I think he did a thing with McDonald's where he had like a Cactus Jack meal or something. I don't know how Mick Foley feels about this, but yeah, I don't know. I know Drake was there too. Yeah, well, he sucks too. You know what Drake's real name is? Drizzy? No. Uh, Aubrey. <laughs> His name's Aubrey. That's a girl name. <laughs> I've known a few Aubreys in my life, and they were all girls. I know one, and that's not even her real name. She changed her name to Aubrey? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a gimmick name. Ah, wrestling thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you had your little your, your little whack off. That that was why we couldn't uh, record. Yeah, we couldn't on record Sunday. Sunday because I had whack. Right, forgot about that. Yeah, uh, how'd that go? That was very good. Yeah, yeah. Just... Kita is our new world champion. Who? Kita. Kita. Well, Mazel Tov. Yeah. I don't know who Kita is. He's a, he's our world champion. Cool. <laughs> is your is your championship uh, non gendered? Or do you have a women's champion? We, it's... Or do you not have a women's champion? I mean, we don't have a women's champion. I, we, I believe it would be unisex, but to date, it's only been men. Got it. But we've also only had three champions so far. Fair enough. Yeah, I imagine uh, the pandemic threw a, threw a spike in that. Well, yeah, because so many of our wrestlers are from Canada. Mm. Like, we use a lot of wrestlers from the BC area, and yep. none of them could cross the border. Yep. I saw this morning that that shouldn't be an issue anymore as long as they're vaccinated. Yeah. We had one guy who he could drive into the country but had to fly home. Really? That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. What, did he just leave his car down here? I'm guessing he rented a car. Oh. Yeah, he said it was like a 25-minute flight. <laughs> Up to BC? Yeah. I, I would have thought it'd be longer than that, but okay. <laughs> Neat. Um, yeah. yeah, good times. Good times. Wrestling and parasite tongues <laughs> oh. and fish tongues and, and armadillo daddies. <laughs> So Bright Light Media. Bright Light. <clears throat> I can't do those high notes anymore. <laughs> uh, is a company based out of Washington, D.C. They are responsible for the games Mixtape Massacre and Mixtape Massacre Escape from Tall Oaks, both of which I have, both of which I strongly recommend. They're both very fun. Uh, they are slasher-based games. Mm -hmm. In the original, you play as a slasher. In the, new, in the sequel, you play as a survivor. 
And then they have lots of, uh, uh, what do they call them? Not add-ons. Expansions. Uh, there's got like an alien one, a Bigfoot one, and others. Big dick one? They got what? A, yeah, they got one with just a guy with a huge dong. <laughs> uh, but they, they just have a new game out now that is not part of the Mixtape Massacre series. Uh, it's a brand new standalone game called Float from the Deep. Colon. <clears throat> Float colon from the deep. Uh, when a mysterious ex- explosion sends a cruise ship sinking to the bottom of the sea, five groups of survivors band together in lifeboats and set sail in search of land. But what seemed like an easy expedition quickly goes south with food and water shortages, treacherous storms, and desperation taking over. Worse yet, the creatures from below are beginning to surface and feed. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened there? You peaked like a motherfucker. Whoa. Stop it. Whoa. (laughs) I don't know why that's happening. Uh, Players take on the roles as leaders of five small groups of survivors, manage your rations, your team, and fight off the creatures from the deep as you try to make it through rough waters in hopes of finding land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is up on Kickstarter now. They're already funded. They funded it in less than 48 hours. Naturally. Um, but they got a video up explaining the game. It looks very interesting. It's it's a lot different than the Mixtape Massacre games. It is a, it's a board game. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you know, we've, we've always kind of likened the Mixtape games to Clue in the way that the, the board is set up and the, the movements and stuff. But this one, it just kind of like weaves back and forth like this. The candy line? Kind of, but each time it circles back is a day. You have seven days to find land. Okay. And so there's like Monday or either morning, afternoon, and evening. And so each day you have to pull a conditions card and a monster card. And the conditions card, like in, in the video, they have pull one that says like extreme heat. And so you collect water throughout the game. And at the end of the day, you have to turn in your water. And so like if it says extreme heat, you have to turn in an extra water. And they they only did one day in the video, but they said, you know, as it goes on, if you don't have water, then things can start to happen. I don't know what exactly, but at the end of the day, somebody has to fight the monster. Okay. So there's still monsters. It's still horror based. And the monsters are like sharks, uh, sirens, and evil mermaids and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just solely going off of um, mixtape massacre um, and knowing that that's a solid game, uh, I can only assume that they'll continue trend and having having a pretty solid game with this. They seem to really know how to develop a game that not only is fun to play but has a lot of replayability. Um, in that, you know, a lot of games. If you you, know, you play them and it's more or less just the same game over and over, right? Um, you know, with you know, if if you've got like cards and stuff, you know, it, it changes things up a little bit. But essentially, you're just playing the same game, like like Monopoly. You know, it's it's just you're just playing the same thing over yeah. and over. Um, whereas Mixtape Massacre, you know, because you can not only um, play as different characters who have different abilities, but you also can mix up the board, so it's never the same. Um, right? Or am I thinking of something else? That's that's a thing we can do, right? No. Or is that... 
I'm th- thinking of something else in, in, with that part. But you can combine the boards from Mixtape Massacre and Escape from Tall Oaks. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay, so yeah, you can combine it with uh, what is a completely standalone game on its own. You can combine with the original game. And that takes innovation because you can't just snap your fingers and have that work. You know? Right. So yeah, I have a lot of faith uh, in them to produce uh, a new game that's, that's as fun to play as Mixtape Massacre. I haven't played it in a long time. I know you gave me Tall Oaks. Um, Escape from Tall Oaks. Yeah. But that's when you gave me, right? Yeah. I haven't had a cause to play it because, you know, my wife doesn't give not, a shit. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't give a shit. And I haven't spent a lot of time without, you know, around friends and family and stuff. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. We had uh, Fred Carlini mm-hmm. um, from Bright Light on a long time ago. Ages ago. Episode yeah. 34. So if you want to go back and listen to our interview with him, uh, you can check that out in episode 34 um, and uh, hear what he has to say. Interesting because, you know, none of them came from, like, the gaming world. They're all yeah, they're graphic designers. Graphic designers. Um, so anyway. Yeah, if you're interested, uh, you can check out the game on Kickstarter. It's going to cost you $39 to pre-order it. Uh, you can also go to floatthegame.com and get more information. Yeah, bud. All right. Well, let's move along. All right. So here's something that I didn't see coming. I know, right? <laughs> um. Uh, God, I don't remember this World War Z game. Do you? I don't recall that being a thing. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, Saber Interactive, which is a company that, that uh, apparently developed a World War Z game. Is it Sabre? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that, but I do know that they are currently working on the Evil Dead game that is uh, forthcoming. Um they uh, are now, in addition to that, working on a game based on A Quiet Place. I feel like it's going to be very kind of manhuntish, where it's just, just a lot of sneaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that was a, a, a integral part of Manhunt, was keeping your, your noise down. Can someone remake Manhunt? That'd be pretty sweet. Fucking although, although, I don't know how well that'd play nowadays. That was very mercilessly violent. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> like I feel like that could work with like maybe like some indie game house put it out as like a PC game or something. Yeah, but I'm not sure if any like major game developers would touch it. Man, which is yeah. a shame because it was a fun game. Oh god, I love that game. <laughs> Manhunt Two got a little too weird for me, but it made a sequel. Yeah, I did not know that. Oh yeah, but the first one's so good because you're just like. Oh, I need to kill this guy. What's around? Oh, plastic bag? That'll do the job. <laughs> yeah, that was like one of those one of the first games that I can remember where it's just like like shit that was around you could be used as a weapon. Yeah, glass shards and yeah. And it was like however long you held the 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 kill button determined how vicious your kill was. So it's like you would go up and you would strangle the guy with a plastic bag and then snap his neck. Right. <laughs> The only game I can think of nowadays that's sort of like that 
that still is, is they're, they're still making new games is Hitman. Um, but it's a little less fucked up. I mean, you're still assassinating people. You're not really getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> getting your hands dirty. You're not like beating them to death or, you know, cutting their throats with pieces of glass. <laughs> um, or, you know, anything like that. It's, it, I mean, you're a professional hitman, so things are very clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, like Manhunt just had that brutal violence in it, which, like I said, it was fun. But, like, I don't know that anybody would ever actually make it again. Anyway, but we're not talking about Manhunt. <laughs> uh, Saber Interactive will be teaming with developers Illogica um, and Epitome, which are both spelled... Dumbly. Po- pointlessly <laughs> weird. Ep one zero me. <laughs> um, uh, they're going to be creating a single-player story-driven horror adventure game, uh, which is based on... The first film, I guess? It says a film franchise. Oh, you're right. Um, uh, with uh, plans to launch it in 2022. Uh, let's see. In their press release, Saber said, the f- this first official video game set in the terrifying A Quiet Place universe will deliver an original story and gameplay that captures the compelling suspense, emotion... Wait, compelling suspense, emotion, and drama for which the series is famous. Uh, The Quiet Place video game will let fans experience the tension of the films with a level of immersion that they never felt before, said Illogica creative director Herb Sliwa Sliwa in a press release. Um, We're excited to work with Epitome uh, to team up with, uh, and to team up with Saber Interactive to share this unique vision of hope and horror with players everywhere in the future. Yeah, the uh, experience, the tension of the films, that definitely leads me to think it's going to be a lot of sneaking. Yeah, it has to be. Um, but I feel like that's something that they have to be really careful with because if you have a game where somebody is going to be constantly having to tiptoe around and move slowly... You're going to lose your audience. Yeah. People are going to get real bored real fast. I mean, even in Manhunt, it's like you would hide behind, you know, a wall or something and eventually you just go, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for it. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I was talking about uh, Hitman. You know, a lot of times you got to sneak around, you got to hide in cabinets, you got to put on disguises and stuff. And it's it's very fun if you want to be like that very sneaky, quick assassin, you know? Um or, you know, sneaky, silent assassin. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, it's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to go up and grout this motherfucker and call it good. Yeah, like I remember in Manhunt, you'd be like, well, seems to be just the one guy, so. <laughs> I can take him. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, you know, as you kill him, it's like your little uh, meter of of awareness goes right. off and it's like all of a sudden you've got eight guys chasing you yeah. down and you're running through alleyways. <laughs> Sometimes I love to like that kind of shit, like just to play the game logic because you know, it's, it's only a game. It's only so smart. So it's like, like I was playing uh Hitman. Uh not, not the m- most current one, but the one before it. Um, Cause it was like a free PlayStation plus game. Um, <laughs> I was at this racetrack. Um, like it's like a, 
you know, Grand Prix or whatever the races are called. I don't know. Indianapolis 500, is that a thing? That is a thing. It's it's like that. It's just like this big, huge event, you know, thousands of people in attendance, and I have to kill one of the star <clears throat> race car drivers and her dad who owns, you know, the the, the car uh, the company or the, the race company. And it's like, you know, I'm trying to sneak around in the in the backstage area and like I've got this uh I've got a security guard outfit on, but that like, you know, only takes you to certain places because some places are like employees only, you know. Um, and so like if you accidentally go into this place, people are like, hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> it's like there's so many times where I was just like, uh, you know, this guy's trying to stop me. It's like, oh, you know what? I need your clothes. <laughs> bop, bop, bop. <laughs> then some other guy wanders in. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but it's like. Then I just, like, change my clothes into the guy I just killed, and then, like, hide in a dumpster for, like, a minute. They come, search the area, and walk away, and then just jump out and go back to my business. <laughs> so it's like, you know, stupid game. <laughs> you can't beat me. <laughs> oh, Hitman is fun. <laughs> there are elements in Hitman that I really wish were in Assassin's Creed games. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so like I said, Quiet Place game uh, set for launch sometime next year. Um, and yeah, uh, you can check it out at uh, aquietplace.game. Um, there's not much to see, though. Like they they got some social media pages that you can check out. Let's see, does your YouTube have anything? Yeah, no, no, no videos on their YouTube, and I can't imagine their actual media or social media pages have anything, but. It's a really nice splash page. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Cool. Moving on. All right, so we've talked before about how uh, Hocus Pocus is finally returning for a sequel after 20 years. 20 years? No, longer than that. Is it? Almost 30, I think. No way. It came out in what, like 90? No, 93. 93. Goddamn. So it'd be 30 years in two years. Goddamn. We already know that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and uh, Kathy Najimy. I think it's in Jimmy, but, Jimmy but either way. Uh, are returning as the Sanderson sisters. And we now have confirmation that Doug Jones will be returning as Billy. Oh, oh Billy. Billy. Uh, gotta love Doug Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Billy Butcherson, the, the lovable, uh, loose-jointed zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also joining the cast are Whitney Peak from Gossip Girl and Molly's Game as Becca, uh, Lilia Buckingham from Dirt and Crown Lake as Cassie, and Belissa Escobedo from American Horror Stories and The Baker and the Beauty as Izzy. Uh, these are three young women in present-day Salem who incite the wrath of the three witches. Uh-huh. Do you know the, any of these people? Not by name. Do you know any of these shows? <laughs> like, I know Gossip Girls or Gossip Girl and American Horror Stories. I don't know any of the others. 
Uh, Dirt was a, a, a show that Courtney Cox on, had on dirt. FX uh, a while back. Just Dirt. Yeah. Uh, also joining the cast are Sam Richardson from Werewolves Within, uh, Tony Hale from Arrested Development, uh, and uh, Hannah Wad- Waddingham from Ted Lasso. She's she's the boss lady. Yeah. Uh, also, Freud Gutierrez from Teen Wolf, uh, Juju Brenner, Taylor Page Henderson, and Nina Kitchen, who I don't know any of those people. I believe they're, those are all uh, like children. I Googled Nina Kitchen and I got like restaurants. <laughs> it's like Nina's Mexican Kitchen. <laughs> uh, the synopsis for Hocus Pocus 2 is that it's been 29 years since someone lit the black flame candle and resurrected the 17th century sisters who were executed for practicing witchcraft and they are looking for revenge. Now it is up to three high school students to figure out how to stop the ravenous witches from wreaking a new kind of havoc on Salem before midnight on All Hallows Eve. So kind of, kind of, kind of the same thing. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I can't imagine the the plot was going to be all that different. Yeah, like where else can you really go? Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you typing away over there? I was looking up these girls to see if I recognized any of them. Nope. No. Yeah, their their IMDb pages were pretty pretty sparse. Yeah. I mean, they're all children, so I can't imagine they have much of a career. Oh well, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, part of me thought that this was going to be like, um, shit, totally spacing on what their names were in, in the original movie that the, the two, the kids. Oh, uh, uh, Beatrice and Roger. Yeah. You know, Beatrice and Roger. <laughs> Uh, it's Sam. me, Roger from the beach. <laughs> <laughs> no, Max, Max, and Danny. D- no, that, that, well, that's a sister. I was thinking, uh, Allison. I thought it would be. F- oh, I thought it was going to be about Max and Allison, and like maybe their children. Mm. Um, maybe they couldn't get Omri Katz or Vanessa Shaw. Omri Katz is so busy. With his nothing. Yeah, his IMDb profile photo is still from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> um, yeah, last thing he did. I mean, maybe he's retired. It could be. He was on Dallas. <laughs> you know, fucking... Uh, um, Rick Moranis, retired. We know he's retired from acting. Yeah. He's coming out of retirement. For Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. For Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Not for Ghostbusters. Right. For Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, because he's a lead. I guess. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You can't you... have a oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie without Wayne Zielinski. Well, no. But, I mean, like, do you really need a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie? Well, no. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just called like shrunk? Uh, that sounds right. Shrink, shrink, shrunk. Shunk. Shunk? Yeah, shunk. 
Josh I shunked the kids. I know Josh Gad is in it. Oh, yeah, he is playing Nick. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so you, you, you hype on Hocus Pocus 2? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2, it's like one of those things where I don't think I watched it. It, it wasn't really a thing that I did on Halloween or around Halloween until I met my wife. Mm-hmm. I know it's like it's just a tradition at this point. Yeah, but I feel like at the same time I don't know that I'd miss it if I didn't watch it again. Yeah, or not not necessarily again, but every year. Um, but no, I mean over over the last what ten years maybe it's gotten a lot of steam. It's really gotten a second. Second wind with, you know, a new generation of children. So I think just writing that, it's it's kind of earned a sequel. But I'm wondering how successful it'll actually be. You know, because it's, it's using a lot of nostalgia as, as its fuel. And I just, I've seen a lot of things that get all the, you know, this power from nostalgia and then once it actually comes out doesn't really deliver yeah or you know people aren't as interested in it as i as i thought they would be um i mean not not just in movies but tv and uh even things like like food and drink items you know like um they just like when they brought back surge like yeah like everybody was like oh yeah fuck yeah surge is back and <laughs> he's like, oh, this isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was buying it. It's like I, I fucking love Surge. I wasn't buying it in by the case, you know. Like I wasn't just buying flats of it and and drinking tons of it every week to to warrant, you know, um, the especially the cost that was associated with it because for a long time you can only get it from Amazon. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people just kind of lost interest in it because they like. They wanted that nostalgia, but once that once that itch was scratched, they lost interest. Yeah, and I'm I wonder if this might end up being something similar. Um, and the fact that it's going to be direct to video, you know, it's going to be right to Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah, that it's that it might not have the staying power that the original does. So, but we'll see. We will see next fall on Disney Plus. Coming at you. You didn't watch that uh, Halloween thing they did last year. Um, it was like a, a fundraiser thing that Bette Midler organized. And it had, it, it was like this thing that they shot entirely over, um, they shot it entirely remotely. Like pretty much nobody was in the same room together. It was super fucking awkward. Um, but they had, you know, all three, you know, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy, um, uh, I think um, Vanessa Shaw, I think even Omri Katz made appearances. And then you had a bunch of other people, like Elvira, I think, was like the host of it. Hmm. Um, and then you had like John Stamos pop up, and he was like the devil. Um, and in the movie. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of people in it and it, 
it, it was like a novel idea and it was, it was like I said, it was a, a fundraiser, but you know, I, I got like this ticket to watch it for my wife and we were sitting there watching it and she was excited. But as we're watching it, it's just like, this isn't that good. <laughs> uh, anyway, but I, I assume by the way you're looking at me, you didn't watch it. No, I did not. Or even, were even aware of it. Um, I don't think I was. Yeah, I didn't miss much. Anyway. Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, yeah. That's the official tagline. So in our last episode, our, our, our annual Halloween episode, uh, we wrapped up Octoberama. Um, and in Octoberama this year, for Week of the Zombie, one of the movies we watched was Wormwood. 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 It was a, I don't know, it seemed low budget. I don't know if that was... If it was actually low budget or just kind of looked that way. Um, but uh, yeah, an Australian movie from early 2000s. The budget was a million four. Was it really? Yeah. Man. So this is Australian dollars? Nope. USD. Well, damn. Um, yeah. And I think we kind of briefly talked about this when we were talking about that, but... Uh, they are currently working on a sequel to Wormwood titled Wormwood colon apocalypse. Uh, it's going to be released by XYZ films next year. Uh, deadline is saying that XYZ is launching international sales rights, uh, except for Australia because those would be domestic. (laughs) I assume, um, at the virtual AFM on zombie action thriller, Wormwood apocalypse, which the company will also release in the U.S. next year via its new domestic distribution division. So it is... Wait, what? I don't understand. How can an Australian movie be considered domestic in the U.S.? Answer me that, Taylor. I I can't. That's right. You have no answers for anything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So the original movie... Um, if you didn't listen to that episode, uh, focused on a guy in the, 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 the back, uh, who was just basically trying to f- fight off the zombie hordes with a, a ragtag group of friends that he finds along the way and his sister. Yep. Who they like don't actually meet up until the end, but, um, <clears throat> Uh, the sequel follows a soldier in a zombie-infested Australian wasteland who has dedicated his life to tracking and capturing survivors for the Surgeon General in hopes of finding a cure. So, was that guy, the guy in the hazmat suit, was he supposed to be the Surgeon General? Or he just credited as, like, scientist, right? I think he was just credited as Doc. Doc. Um, yeah. Uh, it's directed by Kia Roach-Turner. Uh, and this one stars Luke McKenzie, Goran D. Clute, Shante Barnes Cowan, Nicholas Boshier, 
or Boucher, Boucher, maybe. Uh, Bianca Bradley or Brady and Jay Gallagher. Um, so yeah, it sounds like the the movie's already filmed. Yeah, it looks like it's done a couple uh, film fests already in Sydney and Brisbane. Any uh, any take on the the how how it played with the audience? No. It says it played recently. Good to know. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, there's that. Yeah. I mean, if you if you liked Wormwood, then uh, maybe this will appeal to you. If you are unsure, have never heard of it, go back and listen to our uh, Week of the Zombie episode. From, yeah, from a handful of weeks ago. Do that. I mean, it's got 7.7 7 on IMDb. Not too bad. I don't know if that's if people have actually seen it, because sometimes people will just be like, I want to see this, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, just scrolling through Facebook, and every once in a while I'll get like this, yeah, like a listicle, I think is what it's called. Um, and, it's uh, called a testicle. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I think it was called a testicle. Um you know what Wormwood did at the box office? No. 106 grand. Ouch. <laughs> That's not good, boss. No, on a million four budget. That was worldwide? Yeah. <sighs> it's real ouchy, bro. All right, tell me more about your testicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you're talking about people saying five stars or something just because it's something they want to see. And like this, this thing was centered around women sticking it to, to men. I mean, like, like pegging. No, <laughs> not pegging. Pegging. <laughs> but basically, just like women that are that that uh, have stuck it to like toxic masculinity sure. type of thing. Uh, and there was this little snippet of it looked like it was maybe from letterbox uh for captain marvel 2 which of course has not come out yet but this woman rated it five stars and she said i know the movie's not out yet but i'm rating it five stars just because all the men are so mad about it (laughs) (laughs) so yep so yep go check out this five star movie All right, one more zombie story. Uh, Zack Snyder recently Schneider, uh, recently came out with a movie called Army of the Dead about zombies and robots and Dave Batista. Yeah, or, or something. <laughs> I think it's in Las Vegas or, or whatever. Yeah. And then he came out with a sequel that had no zombies. And people were like, why do I care about this? It was a prequel. Is that not what I said? No. No, it was a prequel. They didn't have zombies. It was about like the thieves that then later encountered zombies. Yeah. And it, as far as I can tell, nobody cared. Yeah. It's like, hey, you guys remember those those people you liked from the first movie? Well, this is how they met. Like, so? <laughs> it's like, couldn't that have been like a 10-minute scene in the, in the first movie? Like, 
I don't give a fuck. Uh, so now Snyder is making a sequel titled Planet of the Dead. It sounds very Romero-esque. Uh, Snyder tells Inverse that Dieter, the safe-cracking character... Dieter. Char- Dieter. Uh, the safe-cracking character played by Matthias Schweigenhofer, Schweig- Schweighofer uh, in Army of the Dead and the upcoming prequel could be making his return. And then he just spoils the dick out of it, so get ready for this. <laughs> um, the real adventure would be to see what happened to Dieter when that safe door closed. Did he get killed by Zeus or not? What happened? We don't see him die on camera, and there's still some time left. I won't tell you what happens in Army of the Dead 2, a.k.a. Planet of the Dead, but let's just say that there's a chance Dieter survives, and there's a chance that Brush with Death would have caused him to want to find a jailed Gwendolyn. I have not seen this movie, so I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. <laughs> uh, Army of the Dead allegedly ends with a sequel tease with Omari Hardwick's Vandero making it out of Las Vegas alive with a bite. On a plane to Mexico City, Vandero is in the early stages of becoming a zombie when the film comes to a close, suggesting that the, the, that the zombie virus is spreading beyond the walls of Las Vegas. Presumably, a sequel would see Army of the Dead leaving Vegas behind completely with the infection spreading, you know, to the entire planet. So that's it's, it's sort of the name. As, as the planet name. of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, pandemic spreading across the globe. It's, it's not unheard of anymore. <laughs> too real, man. You know, it's like... When when things were getting out of out of hand with uh, COVID, you know, all I was picturing in my head is in like movies where they show like things spreading across the globe. Just like a picture of the map and like red lines going from country to country and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, that's what that's what they were talking about in those <laughs> movies. It's like this right here. Nobody can just stay put. No. Never. It's like, I know that there's a worldwide pandemic, but you know what? Damn it. I just got to see Paris this year. <laughs> These tickets are non-refundable. Uh, yeah, I didn't see Army of the Dead. I remember like being excited about it somewhat and then seeing a trailer and being like, well, that looks terrible. Yep. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Again, didn't see it. Yeah, I know you've always been uh, somewhat opposed to... Uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, but I always liked it. I thought he did a good job. I mean, honestly, I, I, I've always enjoyed that more than the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, it's a perfectly fine movie, but Dawn of the Dead, it's not. Fine. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've lost my faith in Zack Snyder over the years, mainly because of his superhero movies that are just... So bad. But everyone wanted the Snyder Cut for so long. Oh, yeah. and But it's like, so many people are like, that was awesome. Now they need to do this the rest of the DC Universe. It's like, but these are the people that were going to say it was awesome <laughs> no matter what. Because they fought for it for so hard. It's like, you are such bullshit. <laughs> you are a bullshit. You are the bullshit. <laughs> bullshit artist. <laughs> Bullshit artiste. Oh, I gotta watch that again. I know, I keep telling myself I need to watch it, and I just never do. Porto? 
<laughs> what? I love the fact that he never changes his tone. Like, like every time it's just Porto. <laughs> Even the guy's one like, more time? Porto. Yeah. The guy's like, one more time, a little slower, please. And he goes, Porto. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of those movies where I don't even remember what I rated it, but it's like, it's like you watch it and it's like kind of one of the downsides of, of what we do here is like we watch this movie and we base it on our like original this one initial watch. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of times is kind of the honest thing to do, but like a lot of times you can go back and rewatch a movie and see things you missed or maybe you just had a change of heart. Because, you know, you go into a movie not really knowing what to expect. Right. To, you know, exactly. Um, and that was definitely one of those. <laughs> but it's like now that I've seen it and I know what to expect, I feel like I'll enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. So, yeah. I need to go back and watch it. Um, I feel like I probably didn't rate it all that high. Um, and it would probably change my opinion to, to rate it again. But, um, Yeah. I, I I keep wanting to go back and watch it, but I think it's. I don't think I can just stream it on any of my services. I don't so I think have to so. Pay for it. The Greasy Strangler is the movie we're talking about, right? And instead of Army of the Dead, we're, we're going to talk about Greasy Strangler instead. I can watch Army of the Dead uh, for no additional cost on Netflix. Oh, it's on Prime. Is it really? Yep. Well, hot damn! I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Breathing and jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> breathing and breathing and breathing and breathing and jacking off. <laughs> oh, classic me. All right. Well, that's going to do it for horror business, guys. What is wrong with my mic today? Maybe it's what's wrong with you. Well, the things that are wrong with me are not new. <laughs> I've always had the same things wrong with me. Um, except for this fucking headache. That's new. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, we're going to go ahead and move along and talk about some movies. All right, so I think we had other plans for this episode, right? Yeah, we were going to see, we were going to do antlers. Yeah. And uh, just... Because it's a theater movie, and you know, with things how they are, and you know, with Taylor was worried about his COVID status and just like trying to make time uh, with the baby. And actually, we, we tried to go see the movie and we couldn't find a babysitter, so I was just going to go see it by myself. But then you told me you were going to going to make it, so I didn't bother. Anyway, so yeah, we were going to do um, antlers, but that didn't pan out, so. Instead, with this recent um, drop of uh, was it Welcome to the Blumhouse films uh, that have come out on Amazon recently, we decided to just go ahead and do a couple of those. We already had one on the schedule. People at home are going, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they did what? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Are you guys okay? Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> um. Anyway, so... Um, you know what? You give us something free, we're probably going to watch it. Yeah. And, you know, when you've got limited things... Yeah. 
because the the uh, the well is not uh, or the, the the cup is not overflowing as it once were. A cup does not runneth over. That's that's the phrase. I mean, the phrase is the cup cup runneth over. Right, but it does not. But it's not over. in this case. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, we are going to be talking about the manor and uh, bingo hell. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with the manor. I wasn't ready for this change, but my prognosis isn't good. You don't belong here. Don't worry, I'll be okay. Whatever's coming next, I don't want my family to see me like that. How do you like your new home? It's beautiful. It takes a bit of time, but you'll fit right in. Anyone there? Are you okay? Last night, I saw something. What was it? Not being able to distinguish between what's real and what's a dream. That's a sign of dementia. <gasps> Whatever I've seen at night, it's real. Mom, we all want you to feel better. Why won't you believe me? I need to get out of this place. The only way you're getting out of here is in a box. Look at these names. My roommate, she died last night. All the others have died too. I'm not crazy! When you experience something disorienting, close your eyes and count to five. When you open them again, whatever you saw or heard will be gone. All right, so the manor, um, like I said earlier, is a installment in the Welcome to the Blumhouse series. Um, it's weird because, you know, these all kind of fly under the same banner, but they're not related. No, not at all. Um, they're just all movies that Tommy Blum has produced. Uh, and they all came out under the Blumhouse television banner. Banner. Um, anyway, so yeah, this just came out, uh, recently, I think within like last month or two. October 8th. There you go. Um, stars Barbara Hershey. Um, who I know her from Once Upon a Time. Um, I don't. She she's been in other things, like uh, with Six, you get egg roll. Yeah, that <laughs> that was apparently her film debut. <laughs> <laughs> the Baby Maker, Boxcar Birth. I'm okay. I'm gonna get out of the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Insidious 2, Insidious, Black Swan, uh, Frogs for Snakes. <laughs> yeah. She's been in some very interesting titled movies. <laughs> Hoosiers. She was in Hoosiers, which is the greatest basketball movie ever made. 
uh, excuse me, I believe Sixth Man was the greatest basketball movie. <laughs> Did you see LeBron like talked about how he didn't like the last episode of Squid Games? No. And the creator of Squid Games was like, yeah, well, have you seen Space Jam 2? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> have you watched Squid Games? I've watched one episode. Is that all, just because all you could get through? or It's... Like it's one of those kind of shows where I feel like you have to be in the right headspace for it, and yeah. I, like I, we watched it right before I went on vacation, mm-hmm. and it was like then I got back from vacation and she went on vacation, so we haven't really gotten a chance to get back to it. Got it. Uh, it was interesting. A lot of people talk about it, and it's just like, man, I'm just so not interested in this. <laughs> I was like, oh, you gotta watch Squid Game. It's like. I don't want to. That's not something I probably ever would have found on my own, but it's just like because it's become this like cultural thing. But yeah, that's what the only reason we started watching it. Yeah. It's like every time I watch something on Netflix, doesn't matter what, I could be watching the fucking Great British Baking Show and it would recommend watching Squid Games next. <laughs> no. Never. It's like now I'm just not going to watch that of spite. <laughs> anyway, so The Manor. Uh, it was written and directed by Axel Carolyn. Um, who's, we've, we've, she, she hasn't done a lot of feature films. Um, we have talked about movies that she has, uh, uh, anthology films that she's taken part in. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but yeah, she's, she's been working a lot lately. I keep seeing her name pop up. Um, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, like I said, stars Barbara Hershey, um, like I said, from Once Upon a Time, I think that's what probably most people of our age bracket might know her from. Uh, Bruce Davison from the Harry and the Hendersons TV show. <laughs> um, also, yeah. also from X2. Right. Um, when he starts to melt and he, look, he looks like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, this movie uh, focuses on uh, Judith. Um, she is an elderly woman, uh, and it actually opens up on her 70th birthday. Um, we learn more about her that in, in, you know, in a past life, she was a professional ballet dancer. Um, and she spent her golden years teaching, uh, kids how to, you know, how to dance. Um, and, you know, she's just kind of gotten up there in years and now she's at 70 and we open up on her 70th birthday. Um, and she's, she, she's just dancing around with a, a little girl, right? And then this is still like the opening scene. I don't, yeah, I just, I just remember it being her birthday. I don't remember exactly what they were doing at the party. Something, she's doing something strenuous. I think she's like, I feel like she's like got like a little girl or something and she's like spinning around in circles or something. Um, and, um. Yeah, so she's she seems fine, but then uh, she just she's walking up to the table and kind of gets like grabs hold of the table tablecloth and just falls over. Uh, we come to find out that she's had a stroke um, that was uh, brought on by I don't know actually I don't know if it was brought on or if it just happened to be the same time they discover that she had she has parkinson's um which that's something nobody wants to hear yeah that's a very scary disease um but uh it, she's decided that it's 
it's in her own best interest to move into an assisted living facility. Um, and what was the name of this place? Something Manor. Uh, I should have written it down. I just assumed it would be here in this Wikipedia article. <laughs> Keep talking. I'll find it. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very nice place. The, the building is very nice. Uh, the, the grounds are, are beautiful. Uh, yeah, the, the building or the, the home that it's in is, is nice. It's just called the manor. As far as I can tell, I'm, I've now seen several sites that have just called it the manor. I am almost positive it had a name. I mean, not, it's not like it's important. It's just, um, anyway, so yeah, she's, she's going to this assisted living home, um, and uh, you know it, it is a group home, so she she's moving in with a bunch of people who, a lot of whom are, are a lot less, you know, well off as, as she is. You know, people who have, you know, fully gone into the depths of dementia, um, and you know, are 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 just lost into their own minds, um, and you know her her daughter to to an extent and especially her grandson josh um have are you know saying you don't really belong here this doesn't seem like a, a place for you to be you know you're you look at these other people around you you're, you're not like them and she's like look you know with with my health i'll just become more and more of a burden over time uh there's no saying how long i'll be able to maintain the state i'm in now um, and it's like, it, it's time for me to just live somewhere where I can get help. She, she says something along the lines of like, I'm 70. This is what you do. And all I could think yeah. of was dinosaurs when like the grandma gets a certain age. So they're supposed to throw her in the tar pits. <laughs> Cause that's just what you do. <laughs> Which, I mean, this is, it's the same story. And then Robbie was like, no, we're not going to throw grandma in the tar pits. It's the same thing as this manner. They just ripped off dinosaurs. <laughs> Man, dinosaurs is one of those shows where like, like, I feel like I remember it more fondly than it, than it deserves. <laughs> I, I've tried rewatching it on Disney Plus. And I'm like, this isn't that good. <laughs> exactly. As soon as we got Disney Plus, I'm like, oh, fucking dinosaurs. All right. And I tried watching it. I'm like. This sucks. I think I got through two episodes and I was just like, I don't really want, I have any desire to continue watching this. Exactly. <laughs> I think my wife did the same thing. Anyway. So, um, yeah, she's got this roommate. Um, Oh fuck. What was her roommate's name? Damn it. Is it Liesl? No, that was the nurse. Was it Ruth? Fuck. I think it was Ruth. Maybe. I don't know. Her roommate who she she's like fully succumbed to dementia at this point. She um is either sitting there practically catatonic. Oh no, it's not Ruth. Or th- throwing some kind of fit. Um but she, you know, while this is going on, she also seems very terrified. Which, you know, in the mindset that you're in watching this, it's like, okay, well, I can understand that, you know, be, you know, having dementia and being in, in an unfamiliar place could probably be pretty terrifying. <clears throat> but she was terrified of the cat. 
Right. Annette. Annette. That's what it was. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, so Judith is just kind of trying to settle in. Um, even though she still has all of her wits about her, and she's still very able-bodied. You know, she's, she's telling the nurse, Liesel, that um, her... Um, you know, she's, she's very... The medication that she's on is is keeping her symptoms at bay, um, but she's unsure of how long that'll last, and you know, how long before Parkinson's just takes her. Uh, um, yeah, and so she's also made friends um, with three other people there. Look at the wrong page, that's Roland. Why, that's why I'm so confused. Um, yeah, Roland, Trish, and Ruth. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, Trish, um, she was, uh, Deborah Logan in the, the, the taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, okay. That's why she looked familiar. Yeah. It's because she's all made up. You know, she looked like such hell in that movie. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, it's almost, it's almost hard to recognize her, but. Yeah. Now that you say that, I see it though. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, they're, they, seem like the three that are still have their mental faculties uh, and they're still very well off health wise. They run this place. Yeah. They're the cool kids. This is our house. <clears throat> um, so she sits down with them and, you know, has, has lunch or breakfast or whatever, whatever it is. And, uh, makes friendly with them and they invite her to join their, their bridge group. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she's just trying to s- settle in. Um, and then, you know, over time, her her roommate, Ruth. Annette. Annette, sorry. Uh, Annette, she is just having more and more um, outbursts, uh, getting a lot more vocal. And uh, in the middle of the night, and Judith starts to notice that there is this creature looming over Annette's bed at night. Um, it's it's in shadows, so it's really hard to make out what exactly it looks like. But it looks like a living tree, basically. Uh, it looks like it's got you know sticks and twigs sticking out of it, and um, but it's basically looming over her. Meanwhile, the entire staff of this home doesn't seem to want to listen to a word she says. You yeah, know? like they like it's almost like as if they've just become accustomed to the people there being. Uh, you know, invalid and, and lost their mental faculties that they just don't want to listen to anything these people have to say, even if they're legitimate concerns. Um, anyway. So, yeah, uh, things just kind of start, slowly start to get stranger and stranger. And, it gets to a point where you're kind of starting to, I think, kind of predict what's going to happen next um, in that, you know, it's like, okay, well, she goes there and she's perfectly sane. You know, she has her wits about her. She knows up from down what's real, what isn't. Um, but, you know, you've got this staff who works at the nursing home who want to keep her medicated and sedated. Um and and then she's starting to see this creature in the middle of the night. 
you know, people and then the staff like telling her that whatever she's seeing isn't real. Um, and she tries to tell her daughter and her grandson these things, and like they don't really believe her either. And so you can just you can predict that she's starting to kind of descend into madness because she's starting to, to doubt her own sanity. And then on the outside, it just makes her look like another case of dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, you know, she keeps having these fits after she'll see something happen um, with this creature or, or whatever. So much so that she, jackal. <laughs> so much so that she has to that she gets taken in for all these medical tests. Like she has to do like these cognitive tests, um, you know, spatial awareness and your know, hand and eye coordination, that type of stuff. Man, woman, person, camera, TV, that whole thing. What? <laughs> you don't remember Trump's man, woman, person, camera, TV thing? No. He said he like took an IQ test and he had to repeat man, woman, person, camera, TV, and he did it. So he's a genius. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it sounds like some nonsense that he's about. But anyway, um, it was also him going, man, woman, person. <laughs> Just, I love Lamp. I love Lamp. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, Judith, uh, she, so she has to do all these cognitive tests, and then she actually has to go in for an MRI. Uh, and that's where this doctor said, you know, showing her daughter these brain scans. Um, saying that it looks like we've got a case of dementia uh, that has progressed rapidly. Um, and this is where she starts to lose um, lose the ability to make her own decisions as far as her own care. Even though she came to this place under her own um, uh, volition, now she's being treated as as an invalid. And, you know, kind of like, I'm not crazy type mentality. Um, but anyway, so you, you kind of see how this movie progresses. Um, the one thing that I didn't anticipate just watching the trailer for this um, and uh, even going into like the first, you know, half hour or so is the supernatural aspect of it. Yeah. Which I won't go into i mean I, I talked about this creature that seems to be preying on the people who live in this uh in this facility um but as far as the backstory to that i won't go into <clears throat> but you know you've got her her friends who are basically saying you know just keep your head down and be quiet because if you give them any reason they'll say you're crazy and start medicating you t- until you're, you're gone, like mentally. So while she wants to be able to speak out and, you know, ask what the fuck is going on at the same time, she's be- basically being told don't make noise or they'll say you're crazy. So, yeah. Um, I guess that's, pretty much it plot wise without getting into spoiler territory yeah um what'd you think i thought it was boring yeah i think uh, 
I mean, I wasn't like itching to turn it off, but it definitely was not great. Um, this felt like it should have been a short film. Yeah. It definitely felt like there's like a, a lot of repetition of just like, oh, her roommates freaked out by this thing. Oh, well, next night. Oh, her roommates freaked out by this thing. Oh, well, it's like, okay, how many times are we going to do this mm-hmm. before we get on with the story? There's also like, a, there's a really big giveaway at one point and then they have this twist ending and I'm like, yeah, I totally saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of things in this. I mean, not, not just plot wise, but like even like down to dialogue that just didn't really seem like it was all that fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, if you, if you would have workshopped this for another couple of weeks or a month or something and, you know, maybe reassessed some of this dialogue, you probably could have punched it up quite a bit, but. Um. Yeah, this this seemed like more of a of a draft rather than a final script, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, or screenplay, I guess. Um. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I wasn't like bored to tears, but this definitely didn't have a lot of lot going for it. Um. I mean, there was aspects of like. I guess, well, you know, like um, monsters and without going too much into it, witchcraft, which is always, you know, uh, you know, like a treasure trove of, of lore and, and, you know, things to dive into and, you know, things to um, exploit story-wise. And I feel like it was kind of flat. I mean, they didn't, it didn't seem like it really got into that aspect all that much no not particularly um yeah i mean that was kind of disappointing because that you know when you get into talking about like like ancient stuff like witchcraft and 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 magic and stuff like that um like i said there's just an endless supply of, of of story and lore and um and, and you know, and mythology that you can tap into, and just like when you when you don't take advantage of that, it just seems wasted. Um, and I feel like that was kind of a, one of the problems with this. Is that it had a lot of potential that it just wasn't really taken advantage of. Um, and then the ending was not only predictable but really flat. Yeah, like it's just like kind of you know you have all this build up to the point of being repetitious building, building, building and building almost too much. And you get to the end and it's just like, boom, it's over. Yep. And there's no great, like, there's not like a big fight. There's not like a big, uh, you know, good versus evil moment. Yeah. The, the resolution is kind of unsatisfying Mm -hmm. as a viewer anyways. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like all that fucking work building up to this moment and, and that's that's what you do, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's it's not like where you're wanting to claw your eyes out from being so bored. No, um, and like the cast is good. Yeah, and it's well acted, and it's well shot. And everything, um, everything technically is is perfectly sound. Yeah, I mean the set, uh, the set design, um, the location, all that is great. 
But yeah, the rest of it was. I mean, as far as like the story and, and and like you said, a lot of the dialogue just it didn't feel natural. Yeah. Um. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, a couple of things that I noticed, um, and I'm not sure if what relation that Axel Carolyn has, but Josh at one point was wearing a dark delicacy shirt. Oh yeah, I did notice that too. And then he had a Shockwaves podcast pin <laughs> on his backpack. <clears throat> um, I don't know if I don't know if that was her or possibly Blum or what, or maybe even the kid himself. I don't know. I don't know who the. Maybe it was the wardrobe person. Maybe. Anyway, but yeah, dark delicacies in Burbank, California. In Burbank. Um, anything else to add? Mm, no, not okay. really. I don't got much to say about this one. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, like I said, artistically, it has value, but, um, story-wise and dialogue-wise, it was kind of a letdown um like i said i feel like this this would have been more successful as a short fair enough um i give it a five i'm going four all right all right uh moving on our next film is another installment in the welcome to blumhouse series uh, this is the fifth installment. The Manor was the eighth installment. Uh, it's called Bingo Hell. I look around this beautiful community of yours. You know what I see? Each and every one of you has a big dream. We all have that one thing we still yearn for. Say money can't buy you happiness. I disagree. Looks like a goddamn casino. Welcome to the game. Are you feeling like I say is snake? Bingo! I got bingo! I'm gonna be a winner. Are you Should I grab my shotgun? Are you We're probably all gonna die. We may be older, but we still have plenty of life to live. All right, so Bingo Hell comes to us from our friends over at Luchagor Productions. Uh, this is directed by Gigi Saul Guerrero, screenplay by Gigi Saul Guerrero, Shane McKenzie, and Perry Blackshear, which is a name I've not seen before. 
Yeah, not not familiar to me. Um, but we get this cold open. There's a man. Uh, his name is Mario. We don't know this at the time, but uh, he's just sold his bingo hall, and he's just kind of. That's a community center specifically. That's true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it doubles as a bingo hall on Tuesdays. I think it is. Um, but he's, he's dancing around. He's, you can hear him, you know, yelling to someone off camera. We did it. We're, we're going to be rich. We're going to go live on an Island or something like that. Um, and then he just kind of goes into this fugue state and just starts eating, uh, bingo balls. Yeah. I like, I couldn't tell at first what the hell that was. I thought they were just like ping pong balls, but yeah, like, yeah, they almost look like, I mean, kind of like eggs, but like perfectly round. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's talking to his dead wife. Cause he, he like at first he, I think he talks to like a, a photo of her on the wall and he's saying, yeah, we, you know, I, I finally did it. I finally sold it and I'm getting out of this place. It's mm-hmm. like I always promised I would. And then he goes, yeah, to like this little tin. And like, I didn't know what that was at first. Because it it was like this little metallic tin. It was probably, I don't know, two, three inches tall. Like the Danish butter cookies tin. Yeah. That everyone keeps their sewing kits in. Right. Um, <laughs> everyone's grandma keeps their sewing kits in, <laughs> I should say. Uh, and then there was like a little cross on top. Which, I don't know if it was a considered... If, I don't know if that was like a cross or if it was just like a, a handle. But I thought maybe it was like some weird looking urn. Oh. And then he opens it up and starts eating what's inside. I was expecting he was just taking like handfuls of ashes and eating it. Like, okay, this is taking a weird turn. <laughs> this is fucking doc. But uh, yeah, he's eating bingo balls and like I couldn't figure out exactly at first what it was he was eating. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, we hear a voice off camera just kind of, uh, you know, goading him and urging him on. And he just keeps popping these balls in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> like Kid Rock uh, until eventually he chokes to death and dies. Dies, dies, dies. <laughs> uh, and then we see like one of the we see this suitcase of money that he had. And it, the money is all like goopy. It's got sticky. It's got gunk on it. Gak. It's got gak. Don't remember gak? It's, gunk is actually, it's, it's a combination of gak and spunk. <laughs> <laughs> you remember gak though? Yeah. You had some? You put it in the thing and then you, you stick just, your finger in it and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get some that smells like fucking buttered popcorn and it's just like the most foul thing ever. <laughs> I remember I had... I'd regular... just like open it up at people and you go, does this smell like ass crack or pepperoni? <laughs> <laughs> I got but, five bucks on pepperoni. I remember I had, I had two things of Gak. I think I got them as gifts for Christmas or something. Um, I had one, it was just regular Gak. And then I had one, it was scented Gak. It was buttered popcorn. <laughs> Never had a scented Gak. And I fucking hated it, but I it was Gak, so I played with it, you know? <laughs> what am I going to do? Just throw it away? <laughs> And then I remember my my mom had this old recliner that had like this twill fabric on it. Um, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but somehow the gack got out of its little container 
and onto this chair. And because it was like a really thick napped uh, fabric, it just got like into the fabric and was just. This is the scented gack? Yep. <laughs> and it was just there. Forever. And it, it was just like, you know, once it dries up and the scent goes away, then it's just like, okay, well, now it's just a gross stain. But until that happened, it just stunk. <laughs> the entire living room just stunk like this fucking disgusting fake buttered popcorn smell. And it's like, to this day, I cannot stand the smell of anything that is butter popcorn scented <laughs> or flavored. That's what, like, if I'm, like, eating, like, jelly bellies and I accidentally put a buttered popcorn one in my mouth, like, I want to throw up <laughs> because of that fucking gag. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for joining us on the Gak Pop. Thank podcast. you for that digression. Uh, we're then introduced to Lupita, who is an elderly uh, Hispanic woman. And she's uh, just kind of going around this little neighborhood of Oak Springs. Uh, she meets up with her friend Clancy, who owns the local auto repair shop. <laughs> kind of, you know, says her, her how do you do's to him. Goes and meets with her hairdresser, Yolanda. Uh, Yolanda is having electrical issues because pretty much everyone in Oak Springs is is not very well off. They're all kind of struggling financially. And this neighborhood's a shithole. I mean, more or less, yeah. It's just run down, everybody's poor, and you know, people are just leaving <laughs> left and right. Yeah. Because you do see here, when she's walking down the street, a bunch of houses are for sale or have been sold. Yeah, and there's there's a new coffee shop, a new trendy little coffee shop. Um, this is where Gigi Guerrero has her, her Hitchcock moment. <laughs> Lupita just fucking hip checks her. Yeah. Just fucking shoulder blocks her in the middle of the street. <laughs> her coffee goes everywhere <laughs> and she's like, sorry. And then she has like this sinister laugh. Yeah. She's like fucking got him. <laughs> but uh, there's also, there's also a sign that's like vape shop coming soon. Yeah. But yeah, all these re- uh, real estate signs, I don't know if you noticed, but they're, uh, Oh, they're her dad. Her dad. Yeah. Gigi's dad, who actually is a real estate agent. Yeah. If if you watch Gigi Guerrero's Instagram stories, her dad is all over him. He's hilarious. Dude, he is so fucking funny. <laughs> like, I want to meet him. I, I, I wouldn't have, like, any reason to meet him. <laughs> right? Just say you want to buy a house in Vancouver. And <laughs> <laughs> just be like, look, sir, I have no interest in buying this house. I just really wanted to meet you. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Yolanda's getting her electricity fixed by Morris, who I, I thought was Bull from Night Court. He did kind of look like Bull. Right? <laughs> Except like a foot and a half shorter. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you first beat him, he's like bending over. So yeah, I didn't really notice. But uh, let's see. The uh, Next, there's Dolores, who is uh, Lupita's best friend. Uh, she, uh, where, where did I recognize her from? I saw her in front from something. Uh, the net. <laughs> yep, that's it. Uh, damn it, I definitely recognized her from something, and then I looked it up. Uh, um, I mean, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Hell damn fart, I don't know. Anyways, uh, she has... Secret Life of American Teenager? That must have been it, yep. She has this piece of shit daughter-in-law who is just, you know, good for nothing. She's basically just living off welfare. Uh, no desire to better herself. She has a son 
named Caleb, uh, who's he's starting to get into trouble. He's probably I don't know, 16, 17. Do they ever say how old he is? No, but I would guess probably around that age. Yeah. And he, he's starting to get in trouble. He's, he breaks into cars and just steals whatever he can find in the glove box. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, Dolores and Raquel hate Raquel, each other. That's her name. <clears throat> but the only reason Dolores keeps him around is because she wants to look out for Caleb. Right. Yeah. I mean, Raquel just lets Caleb do whatever he wants. He has no, um, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Parental, uh, supervision. Sure. I don't think that's what I wanted to say, but well, let's go with that. Let's get on with the story. Here. <laughs> In the interest of time. <laughs> uh, so they, they meet up at, uh, Yolanda's shop and they, you know, they all kind of lament, how poorly the neighborhood is doing and how everyone is struggling and, uh, and you know, also lamenting the gentrification that is, is seemingly starting up. This is the third movie we've done about gentrification <laughs> lately. Yeah. It's a, it seems to be a, a theme going on. Um, but that night, you know, they go out to the community center and they do their bingo thing. And this is their, their chance to just kind of unwind and, Forget all their troubles. Forget all their cares. Hakuna Matata, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but the next day, they wake up and they get these, they see these flyers that say, uh, Mr. Big's bingo coming soon. And they realize that Mario has sold the community center and has, has skipped town seemingly. Of course, we, the viewer, know that he's choked on balls. <laughs> in his kitchen and now he's rotting now he's rotting and there's a big pile of gacky spunk covered money (laughs) but i mean money's money (laughs) still spends right yeah just wash it off it's fine (laughs) nobody knows i think that's called money laundering that's what it is (laughs) if you you clean it (laughs) monkey laundering Uh, <laughs> we're never going to get through this. But so they, you know, they decide they'll go check out and see what Mr. Big's all about. Mr. Big, Mr. Big is played by Richard Brake uh, of 31 and other Rob Zombie films. Uh, who's just, he's a creepy looking dude. He is. He's so creepy. Yeah. And he's super creepy in this. He's got like a big, big hat, big wide rimmed undertaker hat. He kind of looks like the old guy from uh, Poltergeist 2. Hmm. <laughs> With that big creepy smile of his. Yeah. But he basically just says, you know, hey, everybody deserves to be a winner. And don't you deserve the life that you've always wanted? So he, he's got these these big prizes because, you know, uh, Lupita and them, when they did their bingo hall, they were giving away whatever people donated. They were giving away like free haircuts and stuff like that. Right. And Mr. Big, he's like, all right, first bingo of the night wins $10,000. Like, oh shit just got real yeah uh and raquel ends up winning and so she's 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 gonna take off she's gonna leave caleb with uh dolores she's just gonna skip town and go you know live on, in miami or something but then she's 
like visited by Mr. Big and he convinces her to claw her own skin off. Yeah. She's like, has like a, I don't know if it's a vision or a fantasy of some kind, but she's like, he, he somehow he gets in the minds of whoever wins. Yeah. And it's, it's not really thoroughly explained how this happens, but somehow if you win at Mr. Big's bingo, uh, Mr. Big gets in your mind and uh, convinces you to just self-harm, usually to the point of death. Yeah. So Lupita and Dolores and Morris, uh, they and, and Caleb, they gang up and they said, you know, we, we got to take down Mr. Big. We're not going to. We're not going to take this. We're mad as hell. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I won't get in further into it because I don't want to start spoiling things. But yeah, yeah. And so it's this, you know, scrappy little group of geriatrics trying to take on this mysterious Mister Big. Yep. And therein lies my biggest issue with it. We know nothing about Mister Big. Literally nothing. We don't know where he came from, who he is, why he has these mystical powers. And I feel like that's something that should be explained. But aren't you like the polar opposite when it comes to like Michael Myers? Well, when it comes to slashers, I feel like, yeah, like slashers, if they're just mindless killers, that's scarier. But like a supernatural being, like, I feel like you got to know something about that. The only thing that bugged me about that character was that uh, you didn't know why he was doing it. Yeah. It, I, like, are you feeding off these people somehow or, or what? Um, yeah. I would, I would have liked more info on Mr. Big. Fair enough. Um, yeah. And what was with all the, what was with the gunk? Yeah. I don't know. It was like green Spoojums. Yeah. Just over everything. But like lumpy. Yeah. Lumpy, so lumpy spoojums. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it would, it would appear on the money that they won. So yeah. it's like, is, is that what's controlling them? Like, is that what, what's causing it? I don't know. I feel like there was too many questions in this. Um, yeah. As a whole, It felt kind of weak to me. I'm going to say the same thing I said about the manor. I think this would have done better as a short. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the characters to me didn't seem like they're all that interesting. Um, probably, probably the most interesting character was Mr. Big. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you didn't really know much, much about him, which is fine. But, like, if you're not going to explain its backstory, okay, but you should at least explain his uh, motivation motivation, and, you know, what, what he's getting out of it. Because as far as I could tell, he was just, like, killing these people for not really any just particular for chaos. reason. Yeah. Um, you know, it's actually reminded me a lot of uh, Needful Things, um, which is a Stephen King uh story um it's a, are you familiar with that at all it's, i somewhat okay so basically this guy shows up um in in this town in castle rock uh and uh 
opens up this antique shop called Needful Things. Um, and he basically always manages to have what everybody's looking for. He always has one item in the store that's, that somebody in town is looking for. So they come in and they, you know, basically, you know, don't, they basically don't pay in cash, you know? Um, it's like you know, they pay in, in favors or, you know, he says, I, I, I don't know. Like, so without explaining the entire plot, this it just reminded me a lot of Needful Things. Mr. Big reminded me very much of, uh, um, Leland Gaunt. Um, but, Yeah, and, and you know, like I guess, needful things would be a, a good and uh, good example of maybe explaining too much about a character, because his whole thing, like in the movie, it's less absurd. But the movie's not very good. Um, but in the in the book, his the way they wrap up his character is just like, what? <laughs> What the fuck just happened? In a Stephen King book? You don't say. <laughs> well, I'll... Fuck, this book's like 30 years old. Basically, you find out he's like some kind of like demon. And he just transforms into this creature, like his, his demon, and flies away in like this... like a It was like a horse-drawn buggy. <laughs> Just flies away. <laughs> it's like, like I had to reread that part <laughs> several times to make sure I didn't miss something. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, this must have been like, like I don't, I, I don't know where in Stephen King's career this landed, but this must have been like maybe right after he gave up the blow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Anyway, so. This reminded me very much of that in that he would give these people exactly what they want in exchange for basically their lives. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, like a lot of the camera work and like the, um, the kind of like the, the manic state that a lot of people get in. Like, it reminded me a lot of, like, a Darren Aronofsky film. Um, specifically, like, like if you think of, like, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Uh, had the, had a lot of that feel. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, on, on celluloid, as they say, um, even though it's not actually film anymore, um, it, it was fine, I guess. Yeah, I mean, similar to what we said about the manor. I feel like technically everything was sound. It's all, you know, it's vintage Luchagor. It's It's got... It doesn't have a lot of violence, I guess, but um, the violence is there. It's is fairly brutal, and you've got, you know, some gross stuff with the, the gunk. Uh, there's, like, really crazy lighting in the bingo hall and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of a, of a casino. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's kind that's of kind the point, what it was, yeah. but... Um, yeah, this was, uh, not shot by, uh, Luke Bramley. Oh yeah. Byron Werner. Um, but you know, I, the, the, 
he and Gigi together seem to have a very good eye um, because the shots in this were, were pretty cool. Um, but story-wise, I don't know, this left a lot to be desired. Yeah, like I said, I like I like the basic idea, but I, it just left me with so many questions. Like you said, especially like even if they didn't get into you know where Mister Big came from or who he is or what kind, why he has these powers or anything, at least explain why he's doing this. And uh, and like I said, with the money, like why is there this weird gunk on the money? Is that is that what's causing this? Is that what's getting into people's minds? Or is this like is it? Or is he some kind of supernatural being or an alien or something? And he's leaving this behind. I mean, I, f- I figure he's got to be supernatural. He's or, definitely supernatural of some kind. Yeah. Um, the thing, yeah, the thing like that I don't understand is yeah, the stuff on the money. Like I don't understand. Is this? Does it mean like the money's fake? That it's like actually made up of this goo, and it's just you know, uh, you know, a, a a fabrication in their minds and there's no, not actually any money, but then, you know, when Lupita goes into, uh, Mario's house and finds him dead, there's still that suitcase of money sitting there. Yeah. So I have no idea what that whole deal was about. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like something he left behind when, like when he touched it, like he secretes something or. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions that can be made. Yeah. Um, but when you assume, you make an asshole out of yourself. yourself. Um, but it's like, you know, when you have like an open ending and, you know, you want to make people think about what could have happened next or, or something to that to that effect. Like that, that's what you want when you leave something vague. When you leave a plot point vague, then you're basically creating different films for everyone. Yeah. And I think the whole point of making it falls apart a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, in the plot to me, I don't know, seems a little weak. Not, 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 or not the plot, but um, the premise. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think there's, there's something there, but it just needed to be built upon a little more. Yeah. I don't, I, I remember when I think it was before they, I don't know if they had filmed this already or they were about to film it, but I remember like seeing like interviews and, and stuff with, I think mainly with Gigi and she was like explaining the plot. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> and then, yeah, watching it and just like, yeah. I don't. I don't think that really worked as well as as, as you're hoping. <laughs> um, I would. I would have liked. I mean, you know, I don't want to project my own film on top of this, but I would have preferred to see something more closely akin to like VFW, mm-hmm. where it's just like these old people just being total badasses with like you know shotguns and yeah. Which yeah, there, there's that for a brief moment. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
like I said, both these movies, I feel like they just would have been better as shorts. I don't like it. It seems like they weren't flushed out enough to be a feature length. And I, th- I think if they had condensed them or built up the story more, it could have it could have benefited both of these movies. Yeah. But again, both of them technically no complaints. I'm not going to say the acting was bad or the you know filmography was bad or anything. Like you said, there there's some definitely some interesting shots uh, in in Bingo Hell, and like we said, the the colors and just there's some really manic kind of camera work and and uh, direction. Yeah, that kind of adds to that bizarreness of it. Yeah, there's something like there's things that are very like indicative of, of Gigi style, like yeah, like. The, extreme close-ups just like like in- uncomfortable close-ups and yeah that, that kind of stuff seems like she she really liked those um regardless of who her cinematographer is um but anyway i don't, I don't want to start talk, talking in circles um well do you have anything else to add uh no, not really. All right. Um, I'm going five. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, without just completely reiterating what I said, it just technically speaking, it was good. It just the story was kind of not strong. <laughs> Um, I feel like had it been workshopped a little more, it probably would have improved or, or maybe, or maybe, maybe not. Like I said, this, the premise alone was kind of off putting for me, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll give it a five. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. We're actually going to be back next week <laughs> since this episode was late. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, bring to you two more views in a brand new session of Horror Business. Taylor, what are, what are we going to be watching? Uh, well, as of now, I mean, you know, card subjects should change. But the plan is Last Night in Soho, the newest one from Edgar Wright, uh, as well as Lair. Yep. So look forward to that, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I signed Soho's theaters only, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why I said that. <laughs> well, I guess we'll figure it out soon. Um, until then, where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com or wherever else you listen to your podcast except Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot course patreon.com slash great plot podcast for exclusive content and great plot film fest.com for your great plot film fest tickets and other information yay yep all right guys well until we meet again i'm skeletoni i'm taylor of terror this has been the great flat podcast where we're all a little dead inside hear a knock on the door and the night begins Cause we've done this before, so you come on in Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been Pour yourself
something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in, in. Welcome to my Keep our clothes on the floor, open up champagne